We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're like, oh, I should have sucked all those dicks earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had learned sooner. Yeah, I wish I had learned that you don't go teeth first. Oh, yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. It's Hannah Dickinson. I'm here with Skylar Corby. We're still, it's a, it, next week I'll be back in New York, but we're still on Skype. Um, what's up, Skylar? I'm just, I'm loving this long distance relationship thing, you know? Are you? No. I'm missing you. I know. I like being in your apartment and around all your uh, Jonathan Adler stuff. Yes. But, well, when uh, Lisa was talking about spending habits, I like, I, my spending <laughs> habits are so terrible. My brother's like, you present yourself like you make a lot of money, but you don't, Hannah. And I'm like, yes. Well, it's a lesson I learned at the end of this year. It is so easy to spend money. I know. Especially now with online shit. And now you just have to click, click yeah. to confirm. I have to, ch- somebody sent me a Christmas present and it was just like a couple days late. So I obviously wasn't expecting anything. And I had a moment where I looked, I'm like, did I buy something drunk on Etsy or Poshmark? And I really had to think like, cause it was a very real possibility. Cause there've been so many times it'll be like 2 AM. I just got home. I'll be laying on my couch and anything I've saved on Poshmark that I just liked. I'm like, it's 15 bucks and then I'll buy it. And then it'll come. I'm like, why the fuck did I get like this weird potholder thing? I don't want this. And then what the fuck am I supposed to do? I can't resell it. Like it's just, it's bad. I can't have access to that kind of thing. Yeah, I deleted the shopping apps off my phone because it was just like, I would go to Twitter and then I would tweet too much and be like, all right, you tweet enough for the day. Then I'd go to Tinder or Hinge and then just get rejected for an hour and then do retail therapy and I would just spend money and it really caught up to me. But at least I look good. It's exactly, that's all that matters. 
Um, and it does, isn't an actual addiction. <laughs> like you can get addicted. Oh, to, I know. There's a true life about it. So that's how you know it's real. And I do get it high. Like sometimes I'll be so excited about buying something. I'll have to masturbate to see if I still want it because I'm so fucking excited. It's crazy. That's amazing. I mean, at least depending on how long you're doing it, you're still within like the hour window of canceling the order. Of course I don't cancel it, Skylar. <laughs> Obviously buy it and then move on with my life. And then I get a box and I'm like, what did I order? I'm like, well, yeah, I can wear this. But uh, yeah, I mean, this week was weird. I was really sad. So my college boyfriend from eight years ago, mm-hmm. who I broke up with twice, I was right. a total nightmare because here's the thing. It's like, I love him so much and I loved when I was with him, but like, I knew I wasn't in love with him, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So for the past eight years or like six years ago, we broke up in 2015. What's that? Six years? You're asking the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. So like six years ago, we broke up and- it was really hard because I was like, I still love him. It's like, I care about him and I want him to move on and do well, but we still like hooked up every once in a while. And like, when I'd go back to LA, when I lived in New York, we, or he came to New York and we would hook up and just like talk or like, even if we didn't hook up, sometimes we'd just go to dinner and talk. And I was always just like, I like love this person, but I know he's not my person. Like, you know, when someone's so great, but you're like, it's not my person. So yeah. The other day I was like really just like nostalgic and I texted him and then like he told, I was like, what's new? And he told me he had a girlfriend mm. and I felt so sad and it felt like this pathetic thing of like, okay, you broke up six years ago. Like I told my mom, I'm just like, he's moving on and I'm not. She's like, you moved to New York. You like, <laughs> you literally li- moved. <laughs> you literally, yeah, exactly. I literally moved, but it feels like this thing, like we always kind of had each other at the end of the, like the end of the cycle, whatever it was, but like, and I knew he was seeing other people, but it was like, he was never with someone. But like last time we were together, I was like, oh, he's with someone now. I yeah. felt like it. And so it's this weird feeling of like wanting someone in your life, but not, they don't want you in their life the way you want to be. Yeah. And it sucks. Cause I'm like, I truly have nothing bad to say about him. He's like such a good person and like an ideal husband and like going to be a great father, but he's not for me, but it's still hard to see him move on. Well, yeah, because like there's a whole idea. It's like, well, since we shared something together, we should always kind of share it. But that's not exactly how that works because then, well, I mean, I guess it is for some people and that's why they're fucked up. But you do need to move on. You can still like a person as a human being, but it does get to a certain point where you're like, yeah, we can't have the whole love thing anymore. That's not going to work. I know. I like told my parents, I was like, guys, Brendan got a girlfriend. And they were like, thank yes. fucking God. <laughs> Good. Are we done with this now? <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, like that poor boy. You put him through so much shit because he was like so great to me. And I was just like, ah, I just, I'm not in love with you. But like, can we hang out? Can you hold me? Can Will you, you visit me? I know. It's fucked. <laughs> well, good for him. Yeah. No, I'm super happy for him. Really happy for him. Really, really hope it um, turns into marriage. Um, that was very, really, really. When we broke up, he said, no guy will ever love you like I do. And I was like, that's such a manipulative thing to say. But it turns out. <laughs> he was on to something. <laughs> He's a fucking psychic, dude. He's a fucking psychic. He did Nostradamus. You just, like, no, it's just, it's always tough. And it'll, I think it's just because it's so fresh. Because when did he tell you this? Like. Four days ago. Okay, yeah. You need like two weeks to hear the news, kind of accept it, and then be like, okay, well, that's not changing. And then it goes away. Like, there have been plenty of exes that I've had that 
even recently when it's like, oh, wow, you got married and had a baby. And it's just that it's an ego thing. You're like, fuck, no, you were supposed to always like me. What the fuck happened? And then after you realize that that's not the case anymore, you're like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm like, no, I want you to always love me. No, you'll love me forever. <laughs> but that's also just stupid because I don't. I want him to be happy, which is yeah. like this thing. And that's how I know I, I never truly – I knew I wasn't in love with him because I didn't want him to die after we broke up. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't hoping that he got laid off from his job like three days after he broke up with you? Oh. <laughs> you maybe didn't write something to his supervisor to make that happen? Oh, No. Yeah, you didn't show up to his apartment with a knife? Okay, you don't love him. You never did. Okay, you soulless bitch. Yeah, seriously. It's like, why did you even date him for six months? (laughs) Time wasted, baby. I guess we talk about relationships always because I have nothing else to do. (laughs) Okay, so I'm, I'm pulling out the book of 300 more writing prompts. And then I was like, you know what, Hannah, you're a little bitch because you pick questions you've already answered. You should open it at random and we both have to answer on the spot. Okay, wait. Not that one, though. <laughs> yeah, not, not that one. I didn't like it. Um, that's The edible has hit. I just want to confirm. <laughs> okay. How do you feel about growing older? I don't want my body to go. I think it's going to be very disappointing if I have kids and then my body looks like shit, but I have a plan for it. I'm getting it back. Kegels? Of course. Right now. What do you think I'm doing? Um, (laughs) A yoni egg? A yoni egg? (laughs) No, I like, I mean, all of that, but like whenever my first or my last kid is out, I'm doing a year with a personal trainer, like a serious one. And then if everything is not back where it's supposed to be by then, I'm getting surgery. Um, But I do think that I'm ready to start being like way more confident than everybody just because it's like, I've done it. Like whatever you're talking about, I've done. And whatever you are seeing, I've seen. So I can't wait to be able to give advice where it's just like, you're fine. It's not that fucking big of a deal. Like relax. Yeah, that makes sense. You don't want to lose your body, but you're ready to not... Ready to find your mind. (laughs) I feel the same way. I'm like, I'm ready to be in a place because right now I feel like pursuing comedy. I'm so scared of like, is, am I going to ever make enough money where I could really live the life that I want and not be like a $50,000 millionaire, what they call in Texas, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I would like to live a very lavish life. So I would like to be in a place I feel comfortable about money. I feel comfortable with um, my job, but I'm scared of dying. So that means I'm closer to death. Yeah. And that's the other part that I get sad about, you know, to bring it back around to me um, <laughs> and my ex-boyfriend of six years. Uh, it's that chapter of my life, college, it makes me think it's so over. Like it's just over and I need to move on. Yeah. And I hate that things end and change happens. So even though I want to be in a better place. And honestly, I'm not really worried about my body because I think money does more for the body than age can hurt it. Look at the True. Kardashians. So yeah. I'm just trying to make as much money as possible so I can look like Kris Jenner at her age. Um, or or like, even at least like the photo version of Kris Jenner. I feel like she's a little scary up close. Yeah, probably. But I also think, I mean, the Kardashians are just hot. But I just get scared that I'm going to die and I'm scared of dying. So growing. Yeah. means dying. Right. 
I just hate the idea of nothingness. Yeah. We can't even talk about it. I'll have a full blown. No, you'll freak out. Yeah, don't I'm, a, I'm too way too high. Um, <laughs> we're chilling. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll be back in the studio, aka my couch, uh, next Monday. But uh, let's introduce our guest. Yes. She's so cool. So, yeah, she's so great. I was a fan of her when I started comedy because I was like, oh, I should know more female comedians. And she was one of the first people I thought was so funny. I listened to her first album. I listened to it like six, five years ago. I, I can't remember. I think it's called Glitter Cheese. Mm-hmm. Glitter Cheese. Is, um, yeah, she has a half hour on Comedy Central. She has a half hour on Netflix. Yeah, Lisa Traeger. Okay, well, you know I got to read an ad. So first of all, I want to ask you guys to please tell your friends to listen to this podcast. Go write a review. And I get it. Writing reviews fucking annoying. But that's the world we live in. So just go leave five stars. You don't even have to write anything. Actually, it would also be helpful if you wrote something, but you don't have to. Just tell your friends to listen. Don't make me start a Patreon. Don't fucking make me start a Patreon. The ad I was told to give out today is... It's an an ad for the network because they're starting a program called Blue Wire Hustle where you can host your own podcast on Blue Wire. Maybe your New Year's resolution is to start a podcast. It definitely shouldn't be. But if you're going to do it, now you have someone that can help you because this program, which is called Hustle, was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you just want to host a podcast and you don't know where to start, Hustle is great because as part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art. You'll get Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, which is not me. It's not me. I'm not a top one. I don't know if you can tell. <clears throat> I'm, I'm fine with it, though. I'm fine with it. I don't need to be top. I have to be in the middle bottom middle bottom's cool i like the mid bottom feel safe anyway you also get access to community discourse and an e-learning course on tips and tricks fuck maybe i should do this and on top of that we will get the show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and other listening platforms and the best part is you can get in on this for 15 dollars a month oh so it does cost money i'm seeing now sorry i'm reading this ad for the first time which is the same rate as any other hosting site would charge for the initial setup So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is going to open the doors. So I suggest if you want to start a sports podcast, if your name is Chad, Hustle is perfect for you. Acceptance into the program is limited, so you can get your application today. It will be in the bio of this episode. I'll put a link at the bottom of this episode. So you know what? If you want to compete with me, let's fucking go, babe. Anyway, let's just get into it. You live in LA now, right? I'm in Skokie. I'm in the Chicago suburbs. Okay. That's yeah, I got talking. rid of my apartment right. in like July, and then my dad had heart surgery, and then with everything, it just yeah, I'm here with okay. this Jewish heart. But <laughs> um, it's like my sister's husband's parents' condo, so I'm here for a little bit longer, and then I'll Airbnb somewhere. So are you just gonna stay in the area just through the? I mean, I guess what's the point? Well, of going I was gonna LA? go back to LA, but it's the epicenter of everything. I'm not gonna go to a place that's maxed out at like in the ICU and full yeah. insanity. I miss my life there, but it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I feel that. I'm like, through COVID, I've been like, I won't go to anywhere that's dangerous unless there's someone I want to have sex with in that location. That makes sense. I feel like judgment happens on like how you feel about a person. So there are some people that I see traveling. I'm like, I fucking hate you. How dare you? You're disgusting. And then my friend will tell me they're going to Mexico. And I'm like, you deserve it. I'm totally fine with it. So that's how I feel. 
because I only see my parents. Like I don't go to stores. I don't do anything. Even my sister, I see masked because she works and the kids go to school. So like truly it's not a nightmare. I'm happy to spend this time with them, but it's a lot. Yeah, I just had dinner with my parents and I was talking to them and I was like, I don't want you guys to take this the wrong way because I really do appreciate this time, but I'm very depressed. Yes. <laughs> I was like, the first few yeah. months I was in the house with them and that was too much. Oh, yeah. I had to leave. Too much in that, do you feel like you're back in your high school mode when you're there? Yeah, I revert back to bad behaviors, but then also I have been in therapy and so um, I've been working on a lot of my bad flaws and then seeing where they came from is hard for me. So seeing them get defensive towards each other, yell or flap that like, I'm like, this is where it came from. These mm -hmm. are where my bad habits came from and I don't wanna be around it. We would fight and there's no point of fighting. And now I just see them every day for a few hours and that's nice. See, that's exactly what my problem was when I was home for Christmas. I yelled at every single person in my family and it was because of that. I'm like, no, I see what's wrong with you because I have it too, but I'm the one working on it and you apparently don't have a problem with this. And I feel like the difference would have been, I'm like, if I could have left at the end of every, if it was like, hey, can you meet us for breakfast and then leave after dinner? I'd be like, of course. But because I was in it, I was losing my fucking mind and it was only six days. Damn. Yeah, it's just, it's too much we're mm -hmm. not we're like especially if you've lived away from home for like eight years yeah I feel like I'm back in my high school like I was like caught myself checking up on what people from high school were doing and I was like <laughs> why do I care but suddenly I'm interested in that gossip again yeah or she'd be like why are you outside are you smoking weed and I'm like oh go away <laughs> like it's just yes <laughs> <laughs> I know my mom found my edibles and she was like this is why you're depressed and I was like I think it's your judgmental upbringing but, I think this uh, is the only thing keeping me going but all right <laughs> but it's funny because my dad buys them and then my mom yells at me when she finds them but I can't tell my dad because then I lose my supplier so it's right. really Does your just, dad uh, partake or he just gets them for you he partakes my dad has grown he has no hair. clue she just thinks their marriage has gotten better <laughs> wow are your parents partiers or no so my dad's 82 and my mom is 75 so they're just, it's just different they're fully senior citizens and my dad loves to drink so much but post heart surgery we just don't let him and he like i guess yesterday he asked my mom he's like can't i just please take a shot like i think he misses i'm he misses vodka for sure he misses <laughs> where are you from or where are the they soviet from? union so okay. they're also it we do have a kind of a language barrier too in a way like i speak russian but there are just things that are hard to explain in full-blown Russian to me. Yeah. yeah. I've, I'm, I've watched your stand. I don't know how to say this, but I'm like, I feel like I know so much about you because I've watched <laughs> your stand. When I first got into comedy, I was like really trying to watch females and you were the one of the first females I saw that was like, God, she's so fucking funny. And um, I felt the I way just, that, that way when I first saw you at Lil Frex's show. Oh, that's so nice. But yeah, I was listening to your first album and you, you so you've talked about your parents and um, I feel like you were a wild person which I was too. Yes. But was it growing up where your punishments more lax because you... I had no punishment or rules or curfews or anything like that. Like everything was like, I'm going here. Or can I do that? Or can I have cash? Like there weren't, I never got grounded. There was never, I never did chores, which I kind of regret. Like I don't have, I had to learn how to clean really late in life and take care of stuff. Like my mom made my bed and everything. But 
they had really fucked up lives and my mom had to like work at a factory as a teen and like starving and only had one like she had a rough life so for her she was like I'm gonna let my kids be kids like life's gonna be hard there's no reason why I have to make it harder for them and they had a lot of perspective since they were so old where they're like if we make her do stuff or not allow her to do something she's gonna resent us forever so we might as well let her do what she wants and then she'll like us and she'll learn on her own yeah and do you think that works um I feel guilty though they let me go out of state for college and I wasted a hundred thousand dollars dropped out like got arrested twice like switched schools all the time like I feel really guilty for spending so much of their money on bullshit instead of being like oh I'll go to community college and then I'll figure it out like I feel guilty about that I mean, I went to USC, so I feel the same way. And then I became a comedian. And my parents were like, are you fucking joking? This is what you <laughs> cool, <want thanks. laughs> But this is the, th- I don't, have you guys seen Spanglish? A it's, long time ago, yeah. So it's this Adam Sandler, Tia Leone movie. Uh, just like a good feel family film. But there's a grandma, Cloris Leachman, and then there's a nanny. And I forgot the actress's name. I think it's like Paz something. But Basically, the grandma says, you live for your kid and I live for myself. And they both blame us for everything. So like you asked if it worked and it's like, no, because I'm blaming them for not giving me more structure or like making me do stuff. So no matter what your parents do, I just feel like it's their fault no matter what. Yeah. That's why I'm afraid of having children because I'm like, I'm going to spend all this money to have someone hate me. And that, and not that I hate my parents, but I look back and I was like. But you're in therapy? I am in now. I started quarantine. Did your parents ever go to therapy? Never. That's the thing. We have been raised by animals. Yeah. We have been raised by people. Like, because when I am mad at my parents, I'm like, oh, yeah, my dad was starving. My mom's family all, like, got gas chamber. Like, it's just, like, they grew up in Stalin. So any flaws that they have in communicating or whatever, I'm kind of like, they're doing the best they can. But we're raised by animals. And so the next generation that's been in therapy, you're going to do better than your parents. It's so oh, funny. Yeah. My therapist just said that because I'll be like, this habit I have, it's always like, it ends at this generation. But is there something you've been working on specifically? So many things. I didn't want to gossip. Um, that's been something I've worked on for a long time. I also had really, un- well, I started therapy because of a bad breakup. So um, she had to teach me that like, it wasn't about this person. It was what I projected onto this person and that they just fulfilled something that I was craving and didn't have my whole life. And so going through that, figuring out parental stuff. And then, so that's some stuff. And then I've gotten into, I'm attracted friendship and relationships to narcissists and crazy people. And so she she was like, they're not just crazy. Like you're using them the same way they're using you. So you need to figure out what you're getting from these people and bring it into yourself. So I've changed friendships and expect different things from different people and what I need in a friend and a relationship. And then getting in shape has been a struggle for me. And she, I think she was a big part of helping me. I'm like working on it now. That's so great. many things. I got into therapy too, cause I went through a really bad, it was like a breakup, but that I was never dating, you know, it was a toxic thing that just kind of kept going. And I think my parents made me actually get into therapy cause I was so depressed about it. 
but I think uh, it always takes that one breakup to really, it's like, it's like the last time you party to push you into AA. It's like that last big breakup where you're like, all right, I need to talk to someone because I'm losing friends and like digging myself. Brex actually got me into therapy because I was depressed for six months. And then Frex finally was like, it was her birthday. I took her out to lunch and she was like, this is enough. And she texted her therapist and that's who I've been seeing. And now I'm thinking, and then the other thing is like, I have food addiction, but I'm also like addicted to TV. And that's like a big thing. Like she, she told me that I think TV is my friend and I was raised on TV in this way. And so it's like, I treat it like a friend and it's fucked. Uh, I guess I kind of do too, but I think that's better than, I would rather be obsessed with TV than be annoying to my actual friends. Yes. Yeah. Being like, so sometimes I'm like feeling very needy and I'm like, just watch a show. Just watch Zoe De Chanel New Girl because then you won't be annoying. But that's probably bad too. I no, don't I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I watch TV to go to bed. The first thing I do when I wake up is I put something to watch. Like I'm just watching stuff all the time. But I'm yeah. also lonely and I know that. So it's like curing loneliness is like the underbelly of it all. So when did you go through this breakup? Because I feel like you have talked about it. And it might be three years at this point. <laughs> three or four years, maybe, or two and a half. Yeah. And uh, do you think you're over it now? or do you? Oh, for sure. Like, someone asked me what her um, TV show was called. And I was like, oh, I don't even know. Like, I didn't even remember. And it felt pretty powerful. That is the best. And someone asked you about next, And you're like, oh, I'm not sure. It used to be certain songs, like the first three notes of like an Incubus song, of course, would come on and you're like, fuck. And for a year, and then all of a sudden the other day, some, like Spotify was on shuffle and it came on and it took me a second. I'm like, this reminds me of something. And I was like 30 seconds in. I'm like, oh, that's right. Incubus was done. the height of romance to me. Yes. That song Stellar, I was like, this is the most romantic thing I've ever heard in my life when it was on yeah. TRL. Oh, yeah. Dua Lipa was really my album of this mm. breakup, but it's like so cliche that I, I, I'm excited to be able to listen to her album and not think of one person the whole time. Yeah, but she's a fun one. It's better than like depressing, sad folk music or something. Like pop music is fun, at least. Yeah. At least you're not like losing it to Adele. Dua Lipa, you're like, I'm sad, yeah. but I'm bopping along with it. Well, I've also oh, been taking another- mushrooms. Ooh. Like microdosing or what? You know, start says microdosing. I'm like, I don't feel it. And then I keep taking it. And then suddenly I'm just like dancing in my bathroom alone. And it's one in the morning. Does your dad get that for you too? (laughs) No, that's a separate deal. That's my brother actually. Oh, (laughs) wow. No, I was going to say the other indicator of therapy working and being over someone is I ran into my ex's other ex, like post me. And they were having a full psychotic break like I had. And I had to like calm her down, but it was like me seeing myself two years ago. And so it was like this trippy moment of seeing like a physical representation of my growth. And it was really cool. Who is this person that destroys women? She, that's like what she does. She like goes for straight girls um, and like ruins their lives. And it's kind of like a pattern and, but she's like hot and cool. So she's like a manic pixie dream boat in a way. So do you identify as bi or? I think so, yeah. Okay. Do you, Have you dated guys since her or mostly? No, I haven't dated anyone like in a real way at all. And then okay. this was my, like 2020 was my year. Like everyone, like I was going to SoulCycle all like three times a week. I was boxing. I was going to yoga, moved to LA, loved my summer life. I would walk home from the comedy store. I was doing, like life was just, I was like ready for love. And then now I know some people are 
phone dating. I don't know. It just, I was really ready for love in 2020. And now I don't even know. Yeah, that's, uh, well, I, I got into it like, okay, this will be easier to date because I won't have stand up anymore. I'll just be able to go on dates cause I, and catch COVID, you know, yeah. and uh, I got herpes. So it's like, <laughs> I literally just, I caught the wrong virus. It, it was horrible. During, co- during pandemic? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then I had to take a real step back and look at my life and be like, all right, we're doing this. We're doing this wrong. Damn. And it was, did you tell this, like, were you mad at this person? Yeah. But it's like, I had already been so heartbroken that like, honestly, heartbreak hurts worse than herpes. Wow. Because when you get, when you think you're like so in love with someone and they don't, or they just, the way they make you feel and then they take it away, you're like, it just got you. Was this person lying and leading you on or what was the... Yeah, lying, leading me on, having me send like very aggressive photos. And we've been best friends for years. And then it turned out he had a 19-year-old girlfriend. He's 34. Age gaps like that are just really disgusting to me. And I think we need to shame people so our culture shifts where that's not normal anymore. Yeah, I don't understand it either. But I think it's because... You understand it. I guess I do. But I also, <laughs> have you ever made out with like, I made out with a younger guy who was like, he was 23 and I'm 28. And he was so annoying to me, just annoying. I was like, you have to stop talking. And then I was like, I have to get out of here. And I was so mean to him because he was pissing me off. And I'm like, I don't understand how guys, that's what they go for. But I guess women well, are less they annoying. Usually, no, uh, they're not attracted to someone's mental capabilities. So they're not like, you know, like, guys will put up with women that they hate if they're really hot. And so I just feel like they don't care what that person has to say. Well, because they're not really listening. What the person's saying doesn't matter. They're not paying attention to it. How do you tune that out? How do you tune out a story that's terrible? It's a skill that men have. Needs are like, they just need or want different things. I guess. But also you can groom someone. So if you meet someone at 19, like who's never been to college, let's say, or grown their mind or anything, you then are the coolest person they know because you're in your 30s. So having an apartment seems like a really huge accomplishment or like these things that someone your age wouldn't think is that cool is cool maybe to a 19 year old. And then you can mold them into liking classic rock or whatever you like because they haven't seen the world yet. And so they can, and I guess if you're a narcissist, you would want that because you would want someone who likes everything that you like and thinks you're the best person. Are you guys housewives people? Do you watch Real Housewives? No. I started watching Salt Lake City. That's great. That's a great place to start since you don't have to like play catch up. You're just with Exactly. Us. Now I can be like, oh, I'm the OG Salt Lake girl. Yeah. But why do you ask? Well, so David Foster, he's this incredible he's a very prolific music producer he's so famous and he's i watched his documentary yeah okay so i have not watched that but he's had five wives and they always get like younger and younger and then as soon as it gets real or the fantasy fades he gets rid of them and the catherine mcphee and i heard in the documentary it's all like they just didn't understand his genius but i do and it's like this is a guy that needs his ego stroked he needs someone to be with him that thinks that he's fucking amazing not an equal not a partner someone that's fawning over his genius and so that's that is definitely part of it that's like a narcissist thing for sure yeah once you've been married 10 years and you're not as impressed and you're like actually you're kind of a dick and you didn't support me when my mom had cancer and like this happened and this happened and you're like i don't care about your fucking grammys anymore like why david foster doesn't like that anymore so then he finds someone that's like 
you're David Foster. Oh my God. You know, like it's fucking sick and gross. That's so true. The interesting thing I found about him is his narcissism was pretty clear in the documentary, but his kids really liked him. And usually I was a little surprised by that, but I guess he gives them money. So you can't hate too much. Yeah. I guess you can't hate on your dad too much when he bought your house. Yeah. And with the young thing, it's like, I don't know, not obviously there's dudes who want like a partner and a cool person to spend time with, but you see this a lot where it's like fully separate or even with comics where it's like their wives don't come out. It's a separate thing. They're at home. They're like, or if you've seen a guy act fully different in front of their girl versus when they're with a group of friends, like it, they don't want a partner. They want a, whatever a wife means to them. Sorry. The a landline but that's so that's funny of a landline <laughs> well i don't but these you know these people do and do you i ever don't answer, answer it just out of curiosity no <laughs> i'm always curious who calls a landline like when my it's house is like it's yeah, scammers at this point it's okay. only scammers anytime i'm my parents it's people asking for their information it's fake car insurance it's like it's a wild wild west of scams I used to do a thing where the high school guy who broke my heart to this day, when someone with a, or like a person who's like, can I get your number to support whatever? I'll, I give them his number because he broke my heart so bad. I, so I love that. So that's my revenge. I always have like <laughs> weird little revenge where I'm like, I hope this person stubs their toe for the rest of their life. It's like little things just so they can, cause that's what they are to me. It's like a bother. If you break my heart, it's like, it just comes up every now and then. So then I'll be like, oh yeah, you have to get an annoying phone call every now and then because that's what you are to me. You're an annoying phone call. And so I- are you still in the breakup? Are you still pissed or having feelings? Uh, I thought I was over it, but I still get angry. Like I still like, if I get too high, I'll start crying. And I'm like, this obviously I'm not over it. Mm. But I'm not at the point where I still like him. I just, I'm at the point where I like hate him, but that's not over it. No, but I mean, I think it's, I know it's been a while, but it hasn't been forever. And it's not like it was just, you dated for a few months and this happened. It was a friendship that turned into whatever it was. So a little bit harder to get over than it was just like oh it's some guy that I met on Bumble and then he was a dick like no it was a little deeper than that yeah uh how long did you date the girl truly not a long time it's like it doesn't take long embarrassing (laughs) but it was like six months and it was long distance so we've we only like saw each other in person maybe four times like a month total so it's like truly embarrassing no. It's not though, because the moments you had together were that much better because they were on vacation. So it's yeah, like exactly. you had the best moments. It's like when you love someone, it's like those feel like the best moments of your life. So it's like when that's over, you're like, wait, we didn't even get to explore this the real way. Like, how do you and not want to? The breakup was very slow and manipulative in a way where it was like the distance is hard, but in the future or maybe next time or and then it would I would get a message being like, we can't talk. We just can't. And then that night I would get a message being like, I'm thinking about you. So I was like really played with for months of like, this could go somewhere, but it wasn't going to, but I kept getting reassured that. And then I finally was like, you need to leave me alone. Like if we're never going to get back together, I'm just, you need to leave me alone. And then after a week, maybe not even, I got an email wanting to talk and hang out and not hang out, but like chit chat and catch up. And I was like, you're a true psychopath. I'm like, leave me the fuck alone. And then before I started therapy, I messaged her going, I don't hate you just so you know, but I'm going into therapy. So I'm going to be over you. Just know I'm not, I don't hate you. 
Did she respond to that? Um, I don't know. Maybe. And I've seen her since at like a comedy things. Is that awkward? I think about, cause this person that I was with was also a comic in LA. Mm. And so I'm always like, kind of like planning my move. If I ever see him again, I'm like, that's psycho. Yeah, like I'm thoughts. always like, yeah, I have like final draft open, just writing my script. But do you, when you see her, did you say anything or was it awkward or how did you no, handle we like we like hung out once and then it was a really long time. And then I ended up, I guess her friend told me at the Fringe Festival, like, oh, she saw you and she thinks that you ignored her. And she messaged me. She's like, do you want to see each other? And I said, I don't. And she's like, I'm going to be here these days. And I was like, okay, like, I just don't care. <laughs> but she thought I was like ignoring her. And I told her friend, like, I'm, I would never ignore somebody. And do you think she's one of the narcissists you're talking about as far as like narcissism in your life? For sure. I think she uh, is like people pleasing in a way, which the lying comes from. And I think um, she likes people to be super in love with her for sure. She's had sex with all, like, cause she's bi too. And so like, she's a, like, all of her friends are in love with her too. She needs that. But I felt bad for her. She had like a fucked up background. And like, that's the thing where, you know, you're like, oh, fuck, your mom sucks. <laughs> yes, but. I think because people with fucked up backgrounds who are like, but my parents, like this guy would always be like, but my parents got divorced when I was 12. And I'm like, you're 34. Like, at what point do I have to take care of this divorce that you're fretting about? Like, at some point you have to take do accountability for- Do I know this person? I don't know, maybe. I'm like interested. I'm gonna write it down so I could. <laughs> yeah, lying is weird, I, you know. But especially with you, like if you were straight, she likes to meet straight girls and tur- I don't, I don't like that term turning someone because yeah. I don't think you can turn someone. Because I was super attracted to her, like, you know, like I was into it, but I definitely, once you meet other people, you're like, oh, this is a pattern. Yeah. Do you think that, um, I mean, because I've hooked up with girls, I just don't say anything about it. I'm just kind of like, I don't know if it stri- if the mood strikes, we'll see. And you know, people are obsessed. And I guess my best friend, uh, Julia, says that people ask her all the time about my orientation. And she's always like, I don't know, she's just like, a per- I don't know. She's just a person. <laughs> yeah, she just like is into who she's into. I have crushes on both genders all the time. So before her, you did have a crush on women. And I had hooked up with girls before, maybe, yeah, twice. But no, I didn't think about it in a serious way, but I didn't have any like, oh, like I didn't do any self uh, analysis or like, oh, what does this mean? I was just like, oh, I like you. Great. Like, it just wasn't that deep in that way to me. Is your ex, was he in therapy? Yeah, it was just very manipulative to the point by the end, I was just like, I I was the same way. I was like, you can't contact me because I feel like with those type of people, you have to be the one to cut it off because they never really will. They don't want to. No, they want to keep. They want to have everyone around them and have an orbit of people loving them so that they feel like they're never going to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. But then I sometimes catch myself. I'm like, am I being manipulative? (laughs) Like, do I like this person or do I just want them to like me? I guess that's a shitty thing to say, but. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to be liked, but I feel like if you have the self-awareness to be like, am I doing something? Am I making this person do something they don't want to do just to make myself feel better? I think it's also different if you're just flirting with someone and like having, getting some attention, maybe a hookup or so versus like weeks of mind play. And I think there's like different levels. 100%. And knowing someone has true feelings for you and you using that and building their feelings for you so that they feel less alone. But 
have you dated in Chicago? So you haven't dated at all. You haven't seen anyone. No, no, not at all. I know people are like on Bumble and like meeting people, FaceTiming and getting into relationships. But I think those are people that were active daters beforehand. And so like you do what you're used to. No, I've just like fully gone into this bit. I have like a one-on-one trainer and nutrition person and I'm just like focusing on that. Nice. Damn. Were you not a relationship person before? Were you more of a hookup person? Yeah, I would have like one night things or like hookups or it would be like, I've been in only two relationships and those are both like, I like you and we're dating. There was no like (laughs) in between time because my ex-boyfriend too, we were friends and then we made out, but he was seeing someone. So I said, I'm leaving town. I'm going to New York. When I come back, you'll, you need to be single and we could be together or not. And then that's what happened. And so I've never like gone on dates and slowly gotten into something. I've either been in full-blown relationships or it's like just hookups. That's the same with me, but I never make it past. Usually the second date is where I drop off. It's usually I get too drunk, fall asleep maybe. What about you? I've been in a relationship for a while. I've been in a relationship for like five years. So my technical job is a matchmaker. So I see all of this all the time and I give advice on it, but... I mean, I've done the hookup thing and I've done obviously the relationship thing and I like both, but obviously I'm kind of in it to win it at the moment. So not at the moment, I'm in it to win it. (laughs) How'd you become a matchmaker? I've always done sales and marketing stuff and it kind of falls under that umbrella. It's just you're marketing people to other people rather than like, hey, buy this brand or whatever it might be. So are you self-employed or is it a company? No, it's with a company. I, like when you mentioned, like, I don't know, like the people that are dating right now, there've either been people that are completely taking it, like taking themselves out of the game. They're like, I don't know how to fucking do this. I don't want to meet people via Zoom. And then meeting in person is possible, but there's just so much more that goes into it right now. And especially if we can't do, ind- we can't do indoor dining in New York. And I don't think you guys can in Chicago either. There's so many other layers to it that if you're going to be dating, you really got to be like, and dating to be in a relationship, you got to be in it to win it. And then dating just to hook up, also doable, but I think there's a little bit of obvious hesitation there too. So it's an interesting place to be. Have in you it. ever match, have you matchmaked each other? Have you helped Hannah? I've worked on it. A lot of Tries. the guys, honestly, I work with, like, I can tell from the get-go, I'm like, you're not going to be their type, or they're looking for something that's pretty much like a four foot 11, like Jewish girl. I'm like, that is not you, Hannah. I don't know what to tell you. Do you ever try to get people outside of the boxes that they set forth? Yeah, all the time. And that's probably the main like challenge of my job. It's people that are like, this is what I like and what I've always gone for. I'm like, yeah, but you're still single for that reason. So we got to change it up a little bit. And that's where it gets a little dicey because no one really wants to change what they want but they also don't want to admit that what they want might not want them back. Did you ever watch Millionaire Matchmaker? Of course. How did you feel about Patty? I love Patty. I wish I could be Patty, but the things that Patty says to other people are because she owns her company and I can't, like, I watched it the other day. I'm like, God, that would feel so good. But if I were to say some of the shit she said, the amount of HR calls I would probably get would be incredible. I think it's the worst type of marketing because you have to... You have to sell a person. You have to sell a person and not a guarantee. Like when I've marketed products in the past, like I used to sell chocolate. Everybody fucking loves chocolate unless they don't. But if they don't, they don't want, they don't come to a chocolate company. So we don't deal with each other. Everybody wants to date, 
but they are like what they are going for, especially if they're paying for it. They're like, well, I'm paying for this. So you should be able to get me like Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm like, nope. And no one also wants to admit that maybe they have some things that they need to work on that would make them more appealing to a Jake Gyllenhaal. And that's the part that they're like, oh, I'm not paying for that part. I'm just paying for you to get me the guy. I'm like, yeah, but to get the guy, sometimes we need to do things within ourselves. And that's, everyone's like, no, fuck off. I don't want, that's not what I signed up for. How many successes have you had? I've been doing it for two years. I don't have any engagements yet, but I think I'm close. And then obviously no marriage. If people were married by now, I would honestly be a little iffy on it. I think you really need to feel someone out entirely before you get the government involved and like throw a $15,000 at least party. Wow. Hey, Skylar, do you think you're healthier because you've seen, um, yes. you've seen the crazies? <laughs> I think it's a really good, it sounds dumb, but it's a good system of checks and balances. Cause I'll hear of people. I'm like, why did your last relationship end? And they'll tell me they're like, Oh, we were horrible communicators. And I got very jealous all the time. And I'm admittedly a pretty jealous person, but I also hear what other people do. And I'm like, okay, well, if you don't communicate something and if you are jealous, but don't check yourself and realize like, okay, but that's just a you thing. That's not what somebody else is actually doing. That's why they sabotaged a relationship. Every now and then I'll like check in. I'm like, somebody will tell me a story. I'm like, oh, wow, crazy. And I'm like, shit, do I do that? I think I do that. And then dial it back. It is healthier to see it, but it's also like everybody does certain weird stuff when they're dating and they're getting in a relationship. It's just whether or not you're like, okay, like, is this cool? Or might I need to change this up? And it might bring me a little more success. What are the most common things? A lot of the time, it's just people that are very, they're really not self-aware at all. They don't realize that if somebody doesn't text them back in like 12 hours after a date, it doesn't mean that they're not interested. It might mean that they're a little bit busy. And at the same time, like, I'm like, yeah, we all have our phones in our hand literally all the time. Like when you wake up and turn on the TV, I go to bed with my phone in my hand and it's the first thing I grab in the morning. And that's like... (laughs) really unhealthy and probably why I don't sleep, but it's what I do. But again, I know a ton of other people are that way. So it's like, if you're not texting somebody back, it's not that you don't have the time. It's just not high on your priority list. So the person that expects a text back immediately needs to relax a little bit, but the person that's not texting also needs to be like, okay, like how much do I like this person? Or can I just communicate to them? Like, I really want to see you again. It's probably not going to be this week. I think people are just so afraid of coming off weird or creepy or too interested that they overcorrect and they don't do anything at all. So it's a just big fucked up mess of people that don't know how to communicate their feelings and are really uncomfortable being emotional with each other, but they expect magic out of it by doing like the bare minimum. So your parents are still married, right? They are. Yeah, but they're a mess. I mean, not a mess. In, okay, so my dad's been married like maybe three times or something, but no one told me until the movie The Notebook came out, and they still don't really give me any secrets. Wait, why The Notebook? Why The Notebook? <laughs> because I loved The Notebook. I saw it three times in the movie theater, and I remember telling my parents, like, you have to go see The Notebook. And then my dad came home in the shittiest foul mood and was like, I don't even know why you liked that movie, and just like went upstairs. And I was like, that's, cr- what's up? And my mom's like, yeah, he just really loved a girl, but she wasn't Jewish. So the family moved and wouldn't let him be with her. And, you know, he's had other love loss and he's been divorced three times. And then like that was that. So that's how that discussion kind of came out. But I've had no Mm. details or further talks about it. And then my mom has a son when she had a son when she was a teen with someone else. And then they had my sister 
And then 10 years later, when my mom was pregnant with me, they got married on August 22nd and I was born August 31st. So they've been married as long as I've been alive. So it's like 33 years. Wow. So it's a long time, but I have a sister in her forties and like my dad was not involved with my, with my sister for the first like six months of her life or something. And I just learned this during quarantine. And then my mom was like hanging out with my sister outside and my dad was there and he's, she's like, you need to get to know your daughter. So it's very strange. So you were just sitting there like, what? Excuse me? Come again? Yeah. And they had known each other, I guess, their whole lives. Like they grew up next to each other. And when I said like, you know, did you like him? What's that? She goes, "Ugh, your dad, he changed women like gloves. So like my dad was very attractive and he was an asshole. I think he's an asshole now. And he lived with his mom till he was 50. So he doesn't know it's his way or you're fighting. Yes. Because he's used to being catered to by his mother who's obsessed with him. So when we're just talking, if you don't do what he says in the moment he said it, how he said it, you're starting a fight. Do you think that's why you're attracted to narcissists? The thing is, I don't want to end up with, I think that's why I'm such a hardcore feminist. Like I never want to end up with someone like my father ever or act like my mother where my mom made more money and then cleaned the whole house, cooked everything, took me to practices, was in charge of all the paperwork, laid out my dad's clothing, and then it was my dad's way or the highway, and then she makes herself smaller to do whatever he says, and he's this asshole. So it's like both of them are examples, not in all all ways, I admire them for a lot of stuff, but they're examples of ways I do not want to be at all. I was recently saying to a friend, because we're talking about the Nexium documentary, and like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to diminish any of the victims, like it's a very sad story, but my friend who was talking about it, she's in a relationship where she, she pays most of the rent, her boyfriend is really mean to her, he tells her to lose weight, she makes the dinner, she goes shopping, so she's talking about this cult, I'm like, what about the fucking cult you are currently in? <laughs> like, it, it's such a cult mentality of like, women doing most of the work. Yeah, that's another thing. Like seeing so many heteronormative relationships be like that is another reason why I do like a lot of gay relationships more, like the ones that are around me. Because you're right, I have lots of friends where it's like, what does he do without you? Like, what is going on here? Like, what do you mean you have to go do that? What do you mean you can't do this? It it is really fucked up. It's hard to watch. But... I also understand the, like, if you're going to be married forever together for decades, like there's going to be ebbs and flows and there's going to be hard parts and you're going to grow. So sometimes when I'm like so snap judgy about people's relationships, I'm like, maybe it's a rough patch or maybe they'll grow or maybe they'll go to, because I have one friend, they started going to couples therapy and all of a sudden he's helping out more. He's getting up in the mornings, like he's got a babysitter more often so she can have more free time. Like I've seen the changes over the year. So a lot of my like, fuck this guy is all of a sudden like, oh, this is great. Like I'm loving seeing this. So being in a relationship is a lot of give and take and is, you know, am I being too fucking judgmental of these people? But I don't know. I've learned to keep my mouth fucking shut because (laughs) it's like a cult. You can't have someone leave. You can't tell someone to leave. You just have to be like, you have to do it on your own. I've just tried to lose. That's another thing I talk about therapy is just losing judgment of other relationships. It's a codependency thing too, because I care so much about like their life and then I want to control it, but I can't. So I just kind of have to be like, do you, I'll be here for the fallout in two weeks, you know? Yeah. And they're telling you all the shitty things. So it's hard (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. And then you have to hang out with the guy and you know then, the shit he says. But then a lot of that comes from like I someone was complaining about their friend's relationship. And I immediately was like, what did she grow up in? And she grew up in an abusive household where her dad beat the shit out of her mom. <coughs> so I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, this is a therapy thing where it's like we recreate what's comfortable to us, even if it's not the best thing for us, because that comfort feels good. So a lot of times when people are stuck in these cycles, it's because that's what they grew up in and they just don't know if they deserve or how to get outside of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do feel like in quarantine, I've been craving a relationship more. I think it's just because my brother's engaged and my parents are like married and I'm so... And do your parents like each other? Yeah, they really do. I do say like I'm like a rich kid of love. Like I feel like I don't have to work on myself. I think someone's going to come to me. It'll be fine. And it's been so hard because I refuse to work on myself. Well, so my sister is, they're both turning, her and her husband are turning 43 this year and they've been together since sophomore year in high school. Um, so they were met at like 15, got married at 22, first kid at 25. And now their kids are like 18, 16, and 13. And my sister said something about maybe tattoo. I don't know what we were talking about, but she goes, well, I'm not good at commitment. And I went, I mean, that's a crazy thing to say. You've been with the same man since high school. And she went, oh, but I don't think about it like a commitment. Like we're just having fun and it's great. So I don't, that's not commitment. And like, I just thought that was so awesome. And they've always had yeah. the best relationship ever. Yeah. Like they have fun with each other. They hang out constantly. They're laughing and I'm sure they've had moments and hardship, but they're both themselves. They're just the best. And I, I, it's cool. And I wish that for everybody. I feel the same. My brother's dating my friend from college. Well, now they're like engaged. I don't know. It's a weird engagement. And uh, they, I see them together and a part of me is jealous because that was my friend. You know, she was my friend that we used to hang out. She used to hook up with this guy, Big Game James, you know, we used to go out in the <laughs> bars. But seeing them so happy together, I'm like, I'm so happy that this is their life. But do like, you guys they, hang out, the three of you? Yeah, we do all the time. And it's really nice. Like I, I love them together and I love it, but there's a jealousy. That's my own issue that I obviously would never project. Are you guys also- RuPaul people? Yes. So good. I've been listening to him, his and Michelle Visage's podcast and he, he has so much wisdom, but he was saying something like, um, you have your story. And so like, you shouldn't want things outside of their time. It's just not your time yet. Mm-hmm. And if you fight the journey to like, I want that because they have that, like you might be missing out on what's really meant for you. And I, I liked hearing that a lot. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. That's, that's my thing. When I get jealous of my brother and his girlfriend, I'm like, I reevaluate. I'm like, I'm not actually jealous. You want that, you know, you see it and it's so great. So you envy it, but it is a thing of like that jealousy is like, it doesn't help. <laughs> like that's no. not going to get me closer to a relationship by being like, Oh, I'll just, get on tinder that's how i literally got herpes i was like i need to after that breakup i was like i need to date someone like i'm so alone and i got herpes so yeah. i'm not gonna be alone for the rest of my life now because i got valtrex yeah but i've got a responsibility does that, make dating, does that make dating harder or no i thought it would but so i didn't date for like three months after i got it and then i started dating again i've only told like a few guys but like uh they didn't care no at all great yeah but I'm also like guys don't care like no. I mean no I love seeing when a guy's with a girl who's like attractive or whatnot but like she dresses so bad and I'm like she's dressed terribly and it's just <laughs> like not an issue at all like no one cares 
No one needs pearls. You're 22 and you're fucking hot. Put your hair down and wear. Yeah, it's frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, but I do think guys like. Yeah, you do want to be in love. Yeah, but I'm not doing anything for it. I'm just like working on my own self at the moment, and then we'll see what happens. But that's what they say when it happens. When you work on yourself and you focus on yourself, then someone comes along. That's what's tough. I mean, our lives were so good. I mean, that's what's. You want kids. I don't. And I never did. Mm -mm. Is there a reason for that or no? Like third grade, I told my parents I don't want to have children. And (laughs) it's just kind of never. Is that when you got your period? You're like. No, not at all. But I would say, I would always say I'm going to adopt Asian babies. That was like my big thing when I was a a child. And then I was like, I just want all these Asian babies. And then as I got older, I was just like, I just don't want children. I see myself if I'm wealthy and feeling um, fulfilled, I would love to be a foster parent. Yeah. I think I'd be really good at that. But I have niece and nephews and then all my friends have kids and I have great friendships with all of them and they're all so cute and they think I'm cool. But now, you know, the 18 year olds, I see myself losing my status in his eyes. <laughs> you think he thinks you're less cool because he's a te- he's going to yeah, college? Yeah, he has a Jeep, you know. He's yeah, but you're a comedian. <laughs> you're like, I've been on Netflix, bitch. Like, no, he actually. What was so embarrassing? I did this Brazzers roast, and I, I was. It was awesome. But the flyer is like all these dildos over my head. It is pretty pornographic. But I posted it on my timeline, and I wrote like my dream come, my dream came true. And my nephew, he went really your dream came true. This is your dream. And it was humiliating for sure. <laughs> I think my niece is more excited, but yeah, I think they like when I'm on TV and they, I was in a movie last year and they were pumped by that. And like, they like my celeb stories. Do you have a celeb story that you can share? Or you can't. I mean, my niece is obsessed with Grey's Anatomy. She's watched it four times through. And we got to interview Kate Burton, who's uh, on Grey's Anatomy for yeah. my podcast. And she, that was exciting to her. I met Miley. That was exciting. Or like, they love Big Mouth. And I'm like, I know the guy who voices Devon. Like, I, and then I have a bunch of friends who write on it. So it comes up randomly. I do have to ask when? about uh, Miley. Yes. So um, my friend Chris Red is on SNL. And, you know, when Sashir was on, I saw Miley once too, but it was during the Dead Pets and I was like too nervous to talk to her. But this time, Chris Red, Pete Davidson and her got really close. They did like a music video together. And so they all got matching tattoos of the music video name. I think it was like something baby. And so Chris and Pete, so base, I mean, Chris is an angel. I got to watch her sing so close. And then afterwards, you know, he does the wave like the SNL by, and then he ran to his dressing room. He grabbed me. He goes, she's going to get tatted upstairs in Pete's room. Like, let's go. And so we went to Pete's dressing room and I like pushed. I think he was dating Larry <laughs> David's daughter at the time. Like I pushed my way onto the couch and I legit was sitting an arm's length away and Miley came in she looked glorious and like glitter pants and she was getting it the tattoo was like on her foot but I had to behave because it is my friend's job so I wasn't about to ask for a photo or anything like that I see that but I also think I wonder I feel like she'd be cool with it but also it's inappropriate to ask I guess in that situation just she does seem like someone who'd be chill to me yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, And she's super chatty because I listened to her Joe Rogan and she like talked the whole time. (laughs) Like you didn't even have to really hear him at all. Like she just (laughs) 
the whole time. Um, she's yeah, she seems great. I'm tr- now I'm trying to think of like other peeps that my niece and nephews were excited by. I was on a flight last year with Kathy Bates in first class, and that was pretty amazing to me. I mean, I watched her like a fucking hawk. <laughs> I think it's cool you're in first class. Yeah, I miss flying, but like I yeah, first first class is so nice. One time I paid for it, and then it was the fake first class. I was like, how is it so cheap? You know, it's the fake, and they, like, don't really yeah. serve alcohol. The seats don't recline, and you're like, oh, I just spent $75 to have a broken leather seat. Yeah. No, I've all, I have paid for, for, it's like $900 for the New York chalet. Oh, it's tough. It is tough. I lived well. I mean, that this, uh, like, a lot of people, this, like, fucked me up because I was so bad with money. I was just, like, burning it as I was making it. So when this hit, I was like, oh, uh-oh, maybe I shouldn't have bought all those paintings and first-class <laughs> seats and, like, Marc Jacobs $400 jackets. Like, I was, I was nuts. I spend money like an NBA player drafted out of high school. Like, I just yes. don't know how to... <laughs> Because I've always worked to live before I made money in comedy. So now that I was make, started making money in comedy, I was like, oh, I'm rich now. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm actually I think it poor. happens. I forgot who said this, but someone famous definitely was like, once you get, you get your first money, you have a year to act like an asshole. And then you kind of have to get it together. I don't remember who said it, though. The embarrassing part about that is I haven't made that much money. So. No, I didn't either. I had two roommates. And I was getting things professionally framed. Like I was spending hundreds of dollars framing stuff as I was living with two other people in an apartment with no hallway. I just have paintings showing up that I bought years ago that were in a gallery that I'm now getting sent to my parents' house that have no home. At least you still have it. (laughs) And that stuff can be resold. I feel like I buy like clothes and stuff that's like, I've tried to sell on Poshmark and I'm like, it's just... No, putting things into boxes and shipping seems very stressful to me. I would not enjoy doing that. That's all, yeah, my Cameo, Cameo is important. How much do you charge for Cameo? 20 bucks. Okay, I was 20 bucks and I raised it to 25 because I really need money. Yeah. I've gotten zero since I raised the price, but I wasn't getting that many before. I would get like, people be like, can you show me your feet? So I'd like show my feet. Yeah, I did boots. No, beginning of COVID, I was sending full on lingerie videos. And then by August, I was like, absolutely not like it was (laughs) I was in such a different place the therapy really kicked in and you're like I gotta stop (laughs) the opposite I was feeling like not great it was all scary and fucked up but by August it was like no I'm not putting on eyeliner and I don't fit into this lingerie anymore like go away you're getting (laughs) you're getting nothing you're getting feet pics even though you didn't ask for them (laughs) yeah um, okay, well, I don't want to keep you too long because we've been going for an hour, but the thing we let, uh, leave on is, do you have one secret you don't want your mom to know? Oh, I wrote <laughs> something different. That's so funny. I only wrote down one secret you never want to know. That's it. Not Nothing about my mom. So I wrote, like, I would never want to know if someone's into, like, shit sex. Like, I don't think I would respect them, but I forgot to do the mom thing. Okay. Uh, have you known anyone who gets a dump on their chest? No, and I don't think I'd want to know that secret. (laughs) Like, I don't think I would be able to look at them the same way, I think. It would be tough to come back from that. A secret I don't want my mom to know. I don't tell her when things go wrong ever because all she does is panic and worry and flip out and is not helpful in any way. So I keep lots of secrets from her. Like, my 
my car, I, I was poisoned carbon monoxide style in one New York apartment three times, like fire department, like alarms, like full on fucking monoxide. Didn't tell her. I got attacked in the streets in Hell's Kitchen. Didn't tell her. What? Uh, okay. I caught These... a building super climbing through my bedroom window. Like I don't tell her dangerous things ever. Um, Did you tell someone okay. these things? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell everyone. Did you at least alert the Citizen app? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, New York really, it's just so fun. But I had, well, because I, I'm like irresponsible. So every apartment I live in, I like it to be, I don't like to do utilities. I need utilities included in one round payment. And I've learned that that's usually where shady things occur. Mm. Oh, and then when you were in Hell's, I used to live in Hell's Kitchen. I'm like, where were you attacked? <laughs> I lived on like 50th between 10th and 11th, I would say, or like 51st between 10th and 11th. Me and Megan Gailey, who's a comedian, we shared one bed in a one bedroom railroad. We had just moved to New York and like one sink in the kitchen. That was it. It was like purple and gold. And we were so offended when people would ask if we lived there. But yeah, on my birthday, I got fucking attacked and like pushed into the door of the apartment building against the wall. And then Megan's boyfriend at that time heard my voice and knew something was wrong. And so he, when he opened the apartment door, the guy ran away. Oh my God. But I would never tell my mom because she would just flip out. So it's yeah. not even secrets, but like, I just don't tell her things that she can't control yeah, I don't tell them when I go to the doctor. I mean, I have a friend whose mom is also Russian, like she's Russian as well. And she just beat cancer, but like won't tell her mom about scans, won't tell her about appointments or anything because she's so fucking annoying. And when my mom, when I try to be open and she reacts that way, I'm like, you're just teaching me to never talk to you if you mm -hmm. act the psychotic. Yeah, she's my mom was always like, you'll understand when you have a kid. And then my friend has a dog. And sometimes I'll act in a way that's like very protective. And I'm like, this isn't even my dog. And I'm acting like my mother. Do you think you'll have one rule if you I guess you don't want to be a mom. My but I did come up if I did have a kid, what I would say, I did write one, I would say, um, trust your gut. That would be my rule. That I is like a good that. one. I would say always trust your gut. Don't second guess yourself. Your instincts are right. Like don't let people Swayed you or second guess yourself like listen to that instinct that's a good one because it's not even a real rule it's just putting the trust in the child my mom never did that so never trusted anything I said so I was like how do I know you know I'm like if someone were to pro propose to me I wouldn't know I would have to call my mom be like should I do this like I have no instincts yeah, um, <laughs> what I should do well my mom like listened to someone instead of her gut once and it was kind of like a life altering decision and I feel like anytime you know I went and got like my one tattoo I don't like was because I didn't really like the vibe of the person I was like I don't know he's being me but I went along with it anyways and it's like this reminder to always like just fucking leave or say no or just listen to yourself but I guess rule would be like always call home to get a ride <laughs> like don't fucking drive drunk or walk in the wilderness or something yeah, I feel like my life yeah. would have been a lot better as a teenager if it had just been one of those, like, we're not going to get mad, we're not going to judge, we will just pick you up, because I'm like, I fucking figured it out, but that's, those are the kind of stories that I can't tell my mom. No, there's an Instagram quote where it's like, you want to be a parent where your kids, like, you're the first person they want to tell, not the last. Yeah. Like, that's what, that's the goal, I would think, yeah. and I don't think my parents did a good job with that. Me neither. So both of your parents were strict, or the so party strict. ones? Okay. Strict. I didn't, I didn't get my first blowjob till senior year of high school, which feels not that old, 
Like it feels young, but it was late in the game. <laughs> and it was all but You don't tea. regret it, do you? You're like, oh, I should have sucked all those dicks earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had learned sooner. Yeah, I wish I had learned that you don't go teeth first. Okay. Wish, oh, yeah. No, you're right. I don't regret. Did you guys watch Jacqueline Novak's uh, one woman show about blowjobs? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. I need that on TV so I can fucking rewatch it. It was so fun. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> um, well, thank you for doing this. Um, Wait, do I have the other? Oh, that's you want to say the other? So, so we kind of started talking about the relationship. So I wasn't going to ask your worst date, but I would like to know if you have answers to the question. Well, this is with the ex, but when she came to visit me in New York, I got us a room at the Wife Hotel. That's like, um, it's a full window wall looking at Manhattan. Yeah, in Brooklyn. And it's 800 a night. You uh, bought that? You yes. yes. So this is why. Okay, we have the same similar spending habits. <laughs> And I took her to Hello Dolly. I mean, we went to like Waverly Inn. But um, in that $800 a night room, she started talking about like, what are we going to do? The distance is a lot. Like having serious discussions about the future in this room. And I was like, could you not wait till we're back at my apartment? I was fucking livid. I like couldn't believe that like men, you get to look at Manhattan and I was just getting like this discussion of like, I don't think this is going to work. I did that. I drove to the Hamptons to see this guy I've been talking to for six months and um, it had been like kind of on and off and he lived in the Hamptons and he was an artist caddy and um, he, I I paid $500 for a hotel room and he broke up with me the next morning. Incredible. It's just like fucking wait a moment. It was, uh, and it's like, like, can you Venmo me half? Like, can we not have this discussion with this view? Can we? Yeah, and it's so for the I ground can't floor. To go back to the wife, I'm like dreaming of a, a nor. I want to like have a fun night at the wife. I've had fun nights at the rooftop. Do you have a crazy bitch of the week? My friend uh, was getting married and bought a wedding dress. And then her mom went and bought the exact same dress, but in blue to wear to her wedding. And she had to have her sister be like, you can't fucking do this. Um, But yeah, she was going to wear the exact same dress to her daughter's wedding. I'm surprised they sell a a wedding dress in blue. She um, she was wearing like a short lace dress. It was a little like alternative style, I guess. But yeah. That's crazy. Did she have a reason behind that? Um, No, like narcissism. (laughs) <laughs> like not letting someone else have attention wow that just feels so on the nose if i'm gonna get the same exact dress <laughs> yeah and she wore it no she did not the sister was like you can't do it and she didn't understand why and it was like <laughs> this discussion but she ended up not doing it oh good yeah that's a good sister <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's uh it's evil it's it's really evil i mean if i ever get married i'll never let a bitch wear white <laughs> but also probably not wear white because I'll be 87 in, in a wheelchair so I know that's another thing it's like I really want to be married and all of that and then a part of me is like I have to do this before my parents die and it's this un- unneeded unnecessary pressure that I put on myself but I'm just like time is fucking ticking and I want them to be at my wedding I feel that way as well I also don't want to be the the friend who's the old, like 40 getting married. No, things are like so progressive and changed in the in terms of age and when people are getting married and having kids. Like th- those 
days of like, I need to have everything figured out by 25 or so over. But yeah, the diamond was invented by De Beers in the 20s. It wasn't ever a thing. And yeah. we like, it's such a staple of relationships. And it's like, it was invented for advertising. Like we just commit to these things and you don't even know where they came from. Yeah. I mean, it's the like Valentine's trend, Day right now. Oh, I do love Valentine's Day. No, but the only yeah. trend I love is midnight food. Now, if you go to a wedding without a photo booth or like midnight pizza or burgers, like what are you doing? Those I think yeah. are safe. Those are trends I'm into. Yeah. I mean, I do like weddings. I just also love complaining. So it's like all the shit that you have to do. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to bitch about this so that I have something to talk about. Yeah, I've only been a bridesmaid once and I was thrilled. It was like, I've only been to one bachelorette party, like, and I loved every second of it. I think it's because most of my friends are comedians. So you still have like 10 years before they really get serious. I think so, <laughs> kind of, yeah. I don't know. I think my friend said it, uh, marriage is performance art, and I do agree with that. Marriage <laughs> or weddings? Or weddings, sorry. Weddings yeah. are performance art. I believe that. And I would love to have that performance. That's yeah. going to be my one-woman show at the next Fringe. <laughs> it's just my wedding to different men every night for a week. Okay, well, um, thank well, you so much. Do you want to plug? Because I know you have a podcast or whatever you want to plug. I, you have a lot. Yeah, so. I would like say it right now. Yeah. Or just, oh, um, it's That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast with my friend Kara Clank. Um, and we talk about an episode of SVU, the true crime it's based on. And then we interview an actor from the episode that we just watched. Nice. Fun. And sometimes we get like, you know, Marsha Gay Harden, Oscar winning actress. And then sometimes we get like the guy who played the judge or like the very small parts to the main parts to famous people, not famous people. And it's uh, like very exciting. That's super fun. That is yeah. cool. I love that idea. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com